Good evening and welcome to Wanderings and Wool Gathering. We are a few minutes late. We had some te technical difficulties tonight, but we are coming uh, to you. It's about uh, 7.28, so uh, just a little behind, but um, we care enough that uh, we work through the problems. Welcome to episode 129. Yes, that's right. 129 episodes of Wanderings and Wool Gathering. Tonight, we're going to be uh, talking about the latest record called The Car from the Arctic Monkeys. We're going to talk about Smashing Pumpkins' new song. It's the seventh release through the podcast, the eighth released overall. And we're going to talk about Sandman number 20, uh, a great one-off sort of issue. Um, it's got a lot of uh, depth and uh, heart to this one, so uh, another good issue. Tonight's episode is brought to you by the Kokomo Lantern. It's a journalistic endeavor focused upon the simple principles of illuminating the good and eliminating the shadows in our local community. Head over to kokomolantern.substack.com to sign up for all of that awesome content. And I'm not doing this alone tonight, folks, because uh, I can't. There's just too much to do, so I'm going to have to invite a friend to the show, and it's none other than Metalhead. But... Step inside into his mind, his boy and time, it's... Metalhead Mundy. Yeah, he was the one on the back right. See, there he is. <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm on somebody's back right, man. Ooh, having some technical difficulties and putting it mildly. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. We did it, though. We're here. We're ready to talk about music and comics, two things that we both love. So how bad can it be? We're we're gonna find out. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now, you got. We're gonna give it the old college try. We're gonna do it with the. I know. Look, we could do it. I just no guarantee that what we're covering is gonna be good. <laughs> My heart hurts. I'm just saying it right now. I, oh, yeah. Well, we'll 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 get there, and you guys will feel uh, feel my pain then. So okay, but anyway. What we ought to do first, I think, is um, I, I think I'm just going to have to stump you. That's what I'm going to do first. All right. I can't help it. Now, actually, I think you're going to get it, but uh, this is a fun one. And I think, yeah, 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 I think you'll get it for sure. Are you ready? We'll give it, like you said, the old college try. <laughs> for those of you at home, we are doing the uh, challenge inspired by Lester Bangs, which is a review of an album taking out all of the pertinent information and the other folks on the show have to figure out what album the review is talking about. Without further ado, here it is. On their debut album, this group essentially comes across as a basham out bar band, making up enthusiasm, what they lack in technical skill. Yet that's part of the appeal of this record, a chance to hear the band without the glossy production of their later, most popular work, showcasing their down-and-dirty roots. The fact that pop metal songwriting was not really a consideration helps the album come off as more genuinely trashy and sleazy, celebrating its own grime with exuberant zest. What are we talking about? Huh. Well, some of that made me think of Appetite for Destruction, but mm -hmm. then you're mention like their more popular later work so that kind of threw me off of that idea well i think too that i think there's a lot of technical skill 
with appetite. More so than this. <laughs> uh, is it Nirvana Bleach? No, good guess though. Okay. Huh. Man. Like I hate to just sit here with dead air while I'm trying to think. <laughs> yeah, it was much. it was re-released in was it 2019 maybe? Possibly. Huh. Yeah. One of their members just retired. One of their members just retired. Just officially hung up the axe. Wow. Um, oh, okay. Well, yeah. All right. I got it. That's, um, uh, Molly Crew. Uh, what's their first album called? Is it Too Fast for Love? Indeed it is, sir. Nailed it. Yeah. I, I figured when I gave you the, the all, all, of what clue. You said, all of what you said makes sense. The, your clue gave it away. Yeah. Yeah. Old Mitch just... Retired oh road. He looked old in the eighties. Oh. <laughs> he he was aged beyond his peers. Yes, he's much. He is, is older than the rest of them. But his yeah. man, his spinal condition mm -hmm. just has. Yeah, it's. I'm, I can't believe he hasn't quit before now. Yeah, uh, and touring I think just takes a toll on those guys. And even if you're young, touring yeah. cannot be uh, good to the body and mind. So, uh, but yep. Yeah. Excellent job again. All right. Well, Monday. And it wouldn't be fair to just throw something you could never get. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It has, has to be gettable. I appreciate the the assist there, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's do, because I, I want to stay in a good mood as long as I can, let's do Smashing Pumpkins. And uh, because they had another release actually another one came out today but i want to talk about that next time uh, when i have a little time to sit with it chance to sure. digest the the podcast have you had a well, chance to listen to one yet the podcast uh no i i don't listen to the whole thing i i just kind of i start it and then i fast forward to the song i'm not i yeah i don't know i i really don't have any desire to listen to billy go on and on i know like he's one of your faves and like mm -hmm. you have said like the podcast is pretty good but i i don't know i listen to so many podcasts already right. that i just don't i just want to hear the song <laughs> yeah now i the first part is just him talking about this new record but then later when they have the guest on i think that's yeah. where the the podcast shines when he talks to different yeah. people that might be interesting but i have not done that yet gotcha gotcha so um, the story continues, and this time it's called Steps in Time. And I, honest to God, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know exactly where this story is going, but we, we have a corrupt government, clearly, kind of uh, keeping their, their hands on the populace. We've got a dark web, which here they call the crystal web. Okay. And um, so we've got some messages now coming. June's in space trying to rescue shiny and she's communicating with osira and nighthawk this these two um i guess what would you call them hackers or people who were on this crystal web 
And so she finds out that Shiny does have an impact on people on Earth, even though he has been erased. And um, so that's where this kind of picks up. Um, she sends them some information that's encrypted, and they're off on a hunt of some kind to start digging in and finding these clues. And that's what this one's about. And in the podcast, Billy said that they're just giving us a snippet in the podcast, but there are going to be hundreds of clues throughout the record that you're supposed to be able to decipher. So, so, but what does that mean though? Like if they're, does he mean like when you listen to it as a whole, you should see the picture better or. I think they're going to start piecing things back to the other two concept records. Since this is supposed to be the third, there's supposed to be some connections that maybe aren't evidently clear yet. Okay, but does that mean they're going to change the songs that we're hearing now? Or does it no. mean as a whole, when you hear it, it's gonna you'll see it clear? Yeah, I think That's so. Right. And I think the other thing is they haven't released all the lyrics. So and sometimes Billy's hard to make out. So as you, maybe when you put those together, it makes it more clear because we don't know what's happened to June because we all thought she was dead. She died in a car wreck. And then, you know, zero becomes glass becomes shiny. So I'm not sure how all that happens. Um, I hope that the payoff is as good as he's building it up to be because that will make or break this record. <laughs> Keep holding on to that. One. I know, you know, as big of a fan of his as I am, I do get the, <laughs> You know what I mean? It sounds so convoluted and crazy. Yeah, it yeah, it is a little bit goofy, but uh, <laughs> I'll always have those original records. So no matter what happens here, I will yeah. continue to go back and listen to those first ones. And we have a uh, user question for Mr. Mundy. Would you like to answer that question? So Billy Corgan or Bob Dylan? Uh I guess it depends on what level you want to talk about. Um, I could certainly listen to Smashing Pumpkins much more, much easier than I could listen to Bob Dylan. Um, again, like I've said before, I think Dylan is an amazing songwriter. It's just hard for me to listen to him. Uh, and that's just purely a taste and preference thing. So, uh, you know, and I don't love all Smashing Pumpkins stuff either. Like, mm -hmm. I am not as big a fan as you are, obviously, but I, I came of age more, you know, as a Pumpkins fan than a Dylan fan. So, yeah, I, I would have to, yeah, I, I would have an easier time listening to Billy. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I'm a huge fan, but let's be honest. They, the first three, they hit it. And then after that, it was kind of a roller coaster yeah, for me. Sure. I mean, I, I liked Adore. There were some great things on there. Uh, Machina had some really good moments, but I, they've never hit what they did with the first three for me. They never will, I'm sure. But, um, and I'm okay with that. I just want this one. It feels better so far, the songs. I rated them last night on Twitter just to see if anybody would respond, but I feel like there are some really solid songs so far in the few that have come out. So okay. that gives me some hope. So there you have it. Did you like the song Steps in Time? 
Um, I did. Uh, yeah, it's um, well, first of all, it sounds like Jimmy's back at mm-hmm. least a little bit. Um, yeah, it had some really nice guitar work. Uh, the solo sounded really good. Uh, the synth, kind of the main synth riff of whatever you want to call it, is pretty cool. So, I, yeah, I had no problems with this song, really. Yeah, I like this one a lot too. It was, it was more upbeat. And it felt like that at times the guitars and synths worked together. And then at other times you had a guitar solo or you had a synth solo, like they kind of alternated. So it was the structure of the song was pretty interesting, I thought. And uh, it, another really good song off of this. So far, what is your favorite one? Um, I still, it's probably got to go back to that first one we heard, which I forgot the name of oh, already. Beguiled. What's that? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I really like the good and goodbye as well. That's the one that started off with the Sputnik recording. Yeah. So excellent, excellent stuff. So another one dropped today, but I haven't looked at the uh, name of it yet. So I'm going to wait and entertain myself when I listen to the podcast later this week. So fantastic. Yep. All right. Well, that brings us to the actual album review. And I suggested this one because I have been a huge Arctic Monkeys fan throughout the years. And um, this one is, I, I just feel like a hypocrite because <laughs> I say I love when bands evolve and then they evolved here. And I'm like, why did you evolve? <laughs> but um, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think just overall before we dig in? Um. <clears throat> Well, I didn't love it. I'm I'm not a huge Arctic Monkeys fan anyway. Um, Lacey is more, my wife Lacey is more of a fan than I am. Um, I, so when we were talking about it, she went back and was playing like, you know, I don't, if you go on Spotify and you go to the band's page, it, it will, there's a list on like their main page of like their most played song. And mm-hmm. she just playing through those and i'm like you know i know some of those songs but some of them i like most of them i don't really care about and i've just never been a huge fan of the band so i i I didn't really have any judgment going into it and i the first couple songs i'm like okay you know we got a little bit of a kind of a retro feel going on here a little bit and you know i i a lot of the notes that I took for the songs kind of kept going back to the same thing. And a- honestly, after the fourth song, I quit taking notes. You beat me. And, and because it, it was all the same, I felt the same about every single song. And all, all 10 of these songs break down to three things for me. There's a, a kind of a vague retro 70s vibe to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um the singer sounds exactly the same on every song and not in a good way. <laughs> I'm a fan of a lot of bands where the singer really doesn't change it up that much, but it works. And I, I don't know, this just didn't work for me. He needed to change it up. Oh, something. It wasn't working. I, I didn't love his voice in general. It kind of works for this, but I didn't really love this. So, 
uh, and the lyrics are super dumb. They super are dumb. Dumb. <laughs> dumb. People I are thought, loving these lyrics if you look um, up. They're nonsense. They're absolute nonsense. There was like one song where the chorus kind of made sense. Like I kind of got a sense he was actually talking about something specific. The rest of it is just like nonsense. Yeah, I, I think he's intentionally vague so you can kind of take your own thing to the party. But um, <laughs> you'd have to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when they started out and they had whatever people say I am, that's what I'm not that album was incredible and it was hard and it was kind of punkish and they had attitude and some snarl and um, his voice was raw and it came across that way. And those songs were, you had some slower songs, uh, but you had some that really picked up and were bangers. And that song, like the, when you listen to your Spotify list, I bet most of those songs are not on there. I bet most of the songs on the Spotify list are from AM. Uh, Um, Probably. Cause that was their, you know how a band kind of comes about and they hit this little spot where like, oh, that's our sound or whatever. That yeah. came out and then it was like Cage the Elephant came out and they sort of sound like kind of a copycat or whatever. Um, but whatever people say, it was really raw. And that was fantastic. And I love that. I still go back and listen to that one quite a bit. And so they started that arc where they were going more mainstream and more uh, pop-ish, maybe more radio-friendly. And then um, the last album, Tranquility, Base Hotel, and Casino, was more like this. You could see that progression. And I kind of thought, well, is this just a, you know, it's a concept record. Okay. You know, is this like a trial? You know, is this where they're going to be? Well, this record clearly shows this is where they went. They sound like a lounge act now. Kind of. It really does. It's And his voice in here sounds like a... Yeah. Very prunery. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you listen to that first record, that's not how he comes across. I mean, and I, I suppose he's grown and changed, and the band is, you know, I guess they've developed. Uh, the music was fine. I mean, as musicians go, ice arrangements, whatever. But it was just, when I think about music being art, it's supposed to say something, it's supposed to move you, it's supposed to do something. This to me was just like, ugh. What am I listening to? I yeah, I didn't it, get through four songs and notes. It, it was, yeah, it, it really was a bit of a slog. I mean, I, thankfully, it's only like 37 minutes long, but uh, it, it was, <laughs> it, I hate to be that way, but it really is like the best thing I can say about it. Well, it wasn't very long, so... <laughs> But it it really, like, so much of it just felt the same. And I think that was his voice. I, I, the titles are, I mean, the first few songs, like, the titles are just long and silly. And then they, it's like they, they started out with all these, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four. For the first four songs, the titles are long and they're goofy sounding. Mm -hmm. And then they were, it's like they just stopped and were like, "Eh, let's switch gears on that. And then the titles are all like one and two words. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what happened there. Um, But yeah. And and it's just, I don't know, man. It it just, it it all sounds like 
fake retro, like they're trying too hard, or like maybe they found some old gear and they're like, oh, hey, let's use this. And, you know, there's one song that has like a, it's, it's a track for Jet Skis on the Moat. Mm-hmm. So clever title. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like a, it's like a, almost like an R&B slow jam bass. Mm-hmm. And then they build on that with like this super generic like wah guitar. I'm like, really? Come on, man. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It just everything about this hit wrong for me. Like there's a couple of songs had some cool little parts, but it just, yeah, it felt real flat for me. Yeah. I had one song that I liked and it was Sculptures of Anything Goes. Okay. Musically, I thought that one was a little bit cooler than the rest. Um, I I started listening and I thought, okay, there better be a mirror ball. Okay, people love this song. You know, they're blown away by it. And the lyrically, plays thirty-one million I, plays. People love it. I mean, they're and then they're talking about the lyrics. So what does the mirror ball mean? And blah blah blah. And I'm like, okay, didn't hit with me. But you know what? This maybe it's the one-off. You know. But then you start listening. It's like, oh my god, everything is this boring. This is the most boring record I've heard in I don't know how long. Every song on this album, I was looking at the number of plays and I could not believe it. I mean, it, it, that the first one is way out in front of the others, but every single one of these songs had multiple billions of plays. It's, it's so sad. <laughs> it really is, because I love that group. And, and I do like the lead singer. Um, but when he was more raw and he had the heavy accent and all that, God, just there was okay. something there. So um, do you want to go ahead and um, rate it? Cause I'm not talking about every song. Okay. I mean, yeah, I, for me, I, this was easily, I kind of wavered between a one and a 1.5 out of five, but I really, I just kind of landed on one because by by the end of it, I was so ready for it to be over. I just couldn't, I couldn't go above one. Well, I'm putting that up there because that's my public <laughs> service now. Because I'm going to be rude to the album, so I want you to go listen to something that's actually good. Uh, yeah, I, I would say a one just because the musicianship is probably fine. Um, his voice is fine. It's just. God, boring. Maybe if you wanted to go to bed, <laughs> you wanted to fall asleep, put it on. But... I mean, I would disagree with what you said. I did not like his voice on here. So it, it well, kind of works for this, but beyond that, like I, I didn't enjoy it. It's just monotonous. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't sound bad to me. It's just the same thing over and over and over. Every song. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I'll give it one. I'm not going to listen to this one again. I will go back to the good old days um, and continue with that. So there you have it. The not seal of approval from Metalhead and Foggy. Yeah, it was a little rough. <sighs> that was painful. I was so excited when I saw it was on there. I'm like, yeah, we're getting this, but nope. Anywho, so that's the musical portion. And you know, Mr. Money, I'm going to wash that down. You know why my tea tastes so good? Because it comes out of this fine receptacle. <laughs> that's right everybody Fine. needs a wanderings and wool gathering tea. oh i can fix that you just tell me the uh, dimensions on that i will get you set up with a wanderings and wool gathering 
this is the one I take to work. It gets beat up, so I don't want to put anything pretty on it. I take this to work with me. Take it to games. Yeah, but I work in a truck, and this kind of gets rolled around. Yeah, but you have to drive by in your truck and just hold it up out the window like this for advertising. <laughs> you think the city also, would mind putting our logo on the side? <laughs> I could probably get away with that for a minute until somebody noticed it. Yeah. Yeah, well, maybe they'd be big fans of the show. <laughs> okay, well... That leads us to something that is good. We're going to finish on a good solid note, and that is Sandman issue number 20 from Neil Gaiman. And um, what a depressing issue, but good. Yeah, but good. It's really good. And the return of an old friend, which is fun. Yeah. And that, Mr. Mundy, officially ends this book. Okay. Yeah, this is the last story in the dream country. Yep. So this one will be done um, with this issue. That's kind of fun. We've dug through 20 now. So, yeah. All right. Well, I'm the, there's not really, this is another one of those where you don't necessarily need to go through panel by panel, but um, great art. Um, depressing. Were you really familiar with uh, Element Girl prior to this? Uh, Definitely not when I read this originally, no. Um, I mean, obviously, she's a female version of Metamorpho. Yep. Um, I I kind of like how they established the mythology here with um, Horus. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, if, if you don't know, Metamorpho got his powers through, uh, you know, he was kind of an adventurer, security guy, and he went into this tomb in Egypt, this ancient Egyptian tomb, and found this orb that kind of gave him his powers. Um, And there's a similar thing here. Uh, She was actually tasked with doing this Mm -hmm. to try to get, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever powers. I don't, I don't understand why they didn't think she would get the same powers, but they didn't seem to. They thought she would get powers, but mm-hmm. not the same. I don't know why. But... <laughs> it's a mystery. Yeah. Uh, so, but that's basically what, what happened to her. But I like how they established that it was um, Ra, the sun god Ra. Mm-hmm. And it, it, he made, what did they call him? Metamorphe. Yeah, I think like, that's how you pronounce it. Like Ra creates metamorphe like these people with these powers kind of i don't know represent him on earth or something and but but he's still doing it at a time at in the present time where they're not really needed like the reason he used to create them was is moot and obsolete Mm -hmm. yeah so that was kind of interesting and the last didn't one die like fourth was it four thousand years ago uh, something like that because yeah she's talking to her later and you know they can die so yes. yeah, yeah 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 which sorry about that it, it almost suggested that that was in pompeii i kind of got a pompeii feel from that for which part for when the when the one died thousands of years oh. ago yeah we'll we'll get to that part and we'll look and see if we can figure that out together um so so yeah so you've got um 
I forgot her name already. It's Urania something. Yes. Um, but she's Blackwell. Black. Yes. So she's basically, and she calls herself Rainy. She's mm -hmm. basically feeling sorry for herself because um, she's since she's gotten these powers, she had to retire from the CIA. She's getting some kind of pension from them, like kind of a disability pension because she can't really like do anything, go outside. She's in like this massive depression. She smokes all the time, even though the smoking doesn't really affect her. Just she likes mm -hmm. the feel of it and it makes her feel almost human, she says. Mm -hmm. So Yep. That's kind of where we come in. She's just kind of depressed and her only contact is her, I guess, the guy in charge of her pension check <laughs> from the company. They keep calling it the company. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so kind of a kind of a sad, sad start. <laughs> Yeah, and I think the artwork is really good here. It really puts you in that frame of mind of that no depression. Uh, Are you muted? Or I don't. On my end? Can you hear me now? Can Can you hear me? Are you there? I'm here. I can't hear you. Good lord. <laughs> I. Mine still says I'm going, so um, I assume yeah. I'm going to check my audio just to make sure. Yep, audio is still good on my end. Um, hey, let me let me try to bounce out and come back in. Okay. Do that. Sure. All right. All right, Mr. Mundy is vacating the screen for just a moment. So um, I'm just going to talk a little bit about the art he set the scene with um with rainy and she's smoking the whole time she's excited when she gets these phone calls or when she gets to talk to mulligan about when her pension's coming he apparently is the only contact that she has so um she looks forward to those conversations because she doesn't have any other she is really depressed she lives alone and the artwork in uh, this issue is uh, it really sets up the depression. There are lots of silhouettes of her. Uh, there's a wide, wide shot of the walls in the foreground, and then she's kind of in the background, but it's a silhouette of her looking the other way. Uh, lots of those kind of pictures and images just giving you this feeling of her isolation and the fact that she enjoys her talks with Mulligan because that's it. I mean, that's the extent of her social life. So, welcome back. Um, you can hear me. Yes, I can. Uh, before we go anything any further, like you were talking about the uh, silhouettes and all that, I did want to mention the art specifically because mm -hmm. this is um, Colleen Doran. Did mm -hmm. the she is legendary creator. Mm -hmm. She's been for a long, long time. Um, famous for her creator own project, A Distant Soil, mm -hmm. but. Um, her work is normally very clean and mm -hmm. very much not the style of this. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of the credit here for the feel would have to go to Malcolm Jones III, who's the inker. Mm -hmm. He dirtied up her work quite a bit here, it seems. Oh, the skin for sure. Whoever yeah. put the skin uh, scratches and, you know, to make it look scaly and to really yeah. show the skin condition. 
but this this is very much not typical Colleen. Like it doesn't feel that way. And I will say, like when she when she is actually out in public in the daylight and all of that, it, it the feel totally switches. Mm-hmm. So they the two of them together, I think, did a great job telling the story visually. Yes. Yeah, the clean, you can see the clean images when she goes to dinner. I'm I'm assuming that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So basically, she is alone. She's sad. And she gets an invitation from an old friend to go to dinner because this old friend has something important to tell her. And Mm -hmm. she, to disguise her scaly nastiness, she creates a mask, um, which will eventually harden and be no good anymore. But I think it says in here at one point, she gets like a day out of it. So, um, um, so yeah, she talks about how she can change her body in, into anything and mm -hmm. she can change it into flesh, but that flesh then rots and she smells for days, which is rotten meat. Yeah. Yeah. She, what she does is she will create, her face she will change it to it says uh silicate, silicate. Mm-hmm. and uh yeah and it hardens and falls off it after a day or so and then she will change her hair to back to her kind of original blonde that uses uh metals she'll yes. change her metals she says it looks great as long as you mm-hmm. don't touch it yeah <laughs> so i thought that, it's pretty cool and yeah then she just covers up the rest of her body yeah, she wears gloves and she's got long sleeves and that kind of covers up the scaliness and all that. And then, like you were saying, the art here is super clean. Her face is clean. Um, there's, you know, flowers and all these kind of things. And so um, you can see her artwork a little bit better here. Yeah. Uh, the friend's name, Della. Mm-hmm. And apparently she has a secret with the CIA. She's has a baby with um who was it uh i don't i don't think it says it says a like a male basically a male colleague who is married so they were having an affair she's yes. pregnant so she's she's pregnant as a single 36 year old woman and, and he's so, married <laughs> yeah and he's married so yeah. she's kind of been a in a little bit of a pickle there she's not sure what to do so she wanted to talk to uh rainy here to see if she had any advice yeah the it's interesting she says what if my baby's a freak and then we look out the window and there's these people out there and she's like there are they're just people Della. they aren't freaks it's not that i've got anything against them it's just they make my skin crawl it's like and she's sitting across well if she had she only known what she was dealing with across the table which she will shortly uh, yeah. Maybe she wouldn't have said those things. So yeah, and at that point, like her her silicate mask starts to fall off, and it's really cool how you kind of get uh, Rainy's POV mm-hmm. for like it's like it's a clear panel of Della talking, and then it's like uh, an eye hole mm-hmm. and back, you know, kind of frame, and she's like, uh, "What's happening?" <laughs> and then you see her her, her mask fall into the spaghetti so that i i really like that um sequential artwork there it's pretty cool 
Yeah. And then she gets up and runs out and Della's like, well, she's got a skin disease. And um, in her haste, she runs out and she forgets her keys and her purse. So she uses magnesium to burn her way into her apartment. Um, and then she tries to get a hold of Mulligan, who now is no longer there or they're hiding him from her because she probably annoys him. And I could see, you know, the old uh, look into the office. Oh, no, he's not here right now, is he? Yeah. Says, no, I'm not here. But um, well, they kind of play it off like they almost like they've transferred him or mm-hmm. something. Like, I yeah. Don't it's one yeah. of those things where she was getting too reliant or friendly mm-hmm. with him. And maybe he made that known to his superiors that so they're like, eh, yeah. we're just going to move you then. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, something has happened, but this is going to set her off then. Um, down a path of, well, she was already on the path. I mean, she was getting there already, but now she's just to the point where it's like, I just want to die. And there's some great artwork here of her. Again, just like, she looks pathetic in the, in the art. There's singular shots of her. She's looking down. She looks up and then you get the, the box. I'll kill myself. Yeah. But how? How? She can't. She... Yeah. Assume she can't die. Right. So then we uh, get to a special visitor. Yes. The form of death, who just happened to be. Um, I like the. It doesn't happen for a minute yet, but she says something about uh, how. You know, she thought she, when she realizes who she is, she was like, oh, did you come to take me? And she was like, oh, no, 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 no. I was upstairs. I was gathering, you know, gathering someone upstairs. And I just happened to, you know, hear what scrolling was- by. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she basically tells her like she's everywhere at once because yeah. she's death and she has to take people at all times. But even though that's the case, she just happened to be strolling by and heard her and came in to talk. Yeah. So, so she um, reiterates that to death. She's, I want to die, but I don't know how. So then death, uh, starts, you know, uh, well, I like the, the sequence where Rainey is saying, you know, I could do this, but then this, I could do mm-hmm. this, but then this. And so she's like coming up with all these, like, I don't know. I hate to say typical suicide ideas. Cause that's you know, mm-hmm. a norm, normal human, you know, whatever uh, situations. And she, and, but my body will react to it this way and it won't mm-hmm. work. And so she's breaking down all these things. And then death, that's where death comes in and says that, um, yeah, even the metamorphi die eventually, um, Eventually, everything dies. It just takes a little bit longer for you guys. But sooner or later, your morphogenic field collapses and blah, blah, blah. And um, so, yeah, so it's a Roman centurion was... Uh, yes. 2,000 years. Yes, 2,000 years. Well, yeah. it says he was 2,000 years he was old. old, yes. Okay. And, yeah, he died in a volcano. So that kind of led me, I don't know, the volcano thing made me think of Pompeii, but it doesn't really say that. Right. Vesuvius. Sure. Sure, sure. Um, 
And that's oh where, yeah. That's where death explains to her that she's yeah. everywhere all at once because she finally realizes who she is. So. Um. Yeah, and then it's where she's kind of standing there with her arms crossed then, and she's like, I'll help you. That's what you want. Um, that's what I get for getting involved. <laughs> He's nonchalantly throwing it off, you know. And then she says, you'll kill me? You'll take my life? <laughs> um, your life is your own, Rainy. So is your death. Um, and that's not an option. So um, she gives her the means or the idea of how she might um, end her own life. Right, which is basically she tells her to, since uh, Ra gave her these powers, she should appeal to him. And, you know, he, he is still around, but he's not as powerful as he once was, but he is still there. So, you know, you look to the sun and appeal to Ra and maybe he'll take mercy on you. Yeah, and I think it's cool, too as she you know they have the shot of the sun and then she looks and she's like i've never realized the sun it's just a mask too and the face behind it it's beautiful it's and then she looks into the sun and that's it yeah she kind of i don't know what she really hardens into but she kind of just hardens into something and starts to crumble yeah I, it's almost like the sun burned her up um yeah. or dried her out or whatever that might be um and then as they're there, the phone rings. Did you notice that we always say like the phone would be the bring, bring, and this is dring, dring. Yeah. I've never seen the phone ring spelled with a D before. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's a British thing. I don't know. I'm assuming, yeah. Maybe their phones sound different. Who knows? <laughs> and look, that phone has a cord. <laughs> oh, yeah. This, yeah. this is dated. <laughs> well, um, I mean, it was, this is what, like, 90 nah, was it even that 20 issues in two years so probably like 89 ish okay um and then she takes the phone she's like you want rainy she's gone away i'm afraid yeah um, and it but it, it was interesting that it was mulligan calling yes so, maybe, so that's why i say i feel like the the company but then he kept her number and was trying to contact her because he. Yeah, he was... I I think you're probably right. But then, but, so, but she's gone. And then the it's got the cutesy ending though. Sorry, couldn't help you any. Be seeing you. <laughs> she got that little look on her face. Yeah. Um. She, the drawing of of death here is fantastic. She does an awesome job with that character. That's, yes, death's face and. Her, that that is much more reflective of Colleen Dorn's difficult work, I think. Mm -hmm. yeah. She's very cute, you know, very clean looking, and like I said, I, I they knocked it out of the park with the artwork on this one because they they dirtied it where it needed to be dirtied, and it you know the out in the daylight looked really clean and nice, and then Death was you know just kind of a cute cute little young woman. So they did a really good job. I don't know that um, any of these really suffer from bad art. I mean, the the art and the layouts, I think, on these are so good as well. Um, this was released in um, August 28th of 1990. Okay. All right. So that brings us to the end of Dream Country. 
and number 20. And I get to get out a different book. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm halfway through my uh, monster here. So. Sweet. Um, God, I don't know where to I put it, the, though. I have the singles from here on out, but I'll read them. <laughs> it's probably just easier in the book form. All right, so next week we do have a comic special guest, and um, I will let Mr. Mundy uh, tip us into that one. Yeah, so um, we, gosh, I, I feel like it was like peak pandemic time. We were, you know, trying to find different things to do, and we talked to a couple of the guys. Well, at that time, it was kind of the two guys that were running Away Blue World was Justin Zimmerman and Tyler Chin Tanner. And I believe Justin has left. He's he's super involved in like filmmaking and other endeavors. So I, I'm pretty sure he's left. So it's Tyler and his wife who, whose name I'm going to mess up. I feel like it's when <laughs> but um they they are like co-publishers for a wave blue world which is a great company they're putting out some really cool books um very small press um tyler wrote a book a couple of years ago called mezzo m-e-z-o and very very cool story beautiful artwork kind of set it's called mezzo because it's kind of that mesozoic period yeah hey that's my book um and uh so he has now uh put out a sequel to that and we're gonna have tyler on and talk all about that yeah the, yeah the artwork is amazing it is it really is um the the single issues have all come out as a five issue series so i got all those and the trade is coming out um i believe the wednesday after we are going to talk to him so we wanted to try to get him in between you know the single series wrapping up and the trade coming out so yeah i looked today to order it and you're correct it's not out just yet and his wife is wendy chin tanner yeah, you were right <laughs> and um yeah there's a group there of about six people running it which is awesome yeah. Um, we are super excited to have him on. That book is really good. I would definitely suggest um, if you like to support indie books and creators who are out there doing an awesome job, this is something you should pick up. Um, I will be reading Mezzo 2 shortly. I can't wait. This is a really good story. If you like historical pieces, um, what I like about this is it, it does look cool and kind of fits into that Mesozoic feel. But it's got characters that you can latch on to because if you don't have good characterization, you don't want to read it, even if it looks pretty. So he does a really nice job. Yeah. So Tyler's a really good guy. He's, you know, uh, he, he seems to have his heart in the right place on a lot of things. Um, he's a great follow on Facebook and Instagram. Um, he has been with with this series specifically, but also with other projects in a wave blue world uh he's really been making the rounds on the conventions he was just at the baltimore comic-con you know this past weekend yeah. so he's been really really promoting it out there trying to get the word out and he's been getting some really cool books signed so he just met at baltimore he just met like in and mm. like 
all kinds of people. So it was pretty cool. Awesome. Love it. So that will be next Sunday, which is just about five days away now. So that's super exciting. And um, in the next couple of weeks, we potentially might be reviewing Joji or Dermot Kennedy. Um, if we don't do Joji, I think my daughter might disown me and hate Monday forever. So we might have pressure on that one. We'll see. Uh, Mr. Monday, where in the heck might people find you if they want? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Metalhead Monday. Why do they call you Metalhead? Uh, because I've been listening to heavy metal since I was a young child, and I love it. It's my favorite. See, there's a reason for everything. Yeah, and I like not... too, but you know. Well, we are well versed on. We've done well. We we went through a phase where we had a lot of metal and rock in a row, but we venture out a lot. Mm -hmm. We do a lot of different music, so. We're buried. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. And I just joined Tribal just to see what that's all about. Lots of people are angry on Twitter because uh, Elon Musk took over and now he's removing restrictions so you can say anything you want. Which free speech, that is amazing. But that also opens up for lots of hate speech and terrible people to have platforms. So a lot of people were switching from Twitter and going to Tribal, which allows you to curate who you see a lot better. And so I joined that and I was checking it out. I'm in a podcast group there and a friend of mine that's on Facebook and Twitter does a lot of comic stuff following him there too. So I just wanted to see how that works. Maybe in a week or two, I'll give you a report and see if it's worth being there. Right now, it seems a little empty, not a lot of activity, a lot of people there, but I um, thought I'd try it out for fun. So you, you can find me there, Instagram, Twitter, at Foggy's Pal, and I'm the same at all of those. And you can find Wanderings and Wool Gathering on YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, and SoundCloud. And next week, what is that? 130. Episode 130, we'll be talking to Tyler Chen Tanner from A Wave Blue World. Please join us Sunday night at 7 o'clock for that. And until then, we'll just have to listen to music on our own to get that terrible taste out of our mouth. Do you agree? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I, I might do that uh, as soon as we get off here. Attaboy. Bye now.